Welcome. You're listening to Lan Asari's podcast, the founder of God's Tabernacle Church in Ghana. As you listen, may you be blessed immensely. All right, so uh, back to Mega Church. Um, why must we have a mega church? What is a mega church in the first place? You know, a mega church is a big church. Do you understand? And one of the things that, that I've realized is that every church starts small. Amen. So, so this morning I was, I was having a, a, a short word with Prisca and I was teaching her a little bit about church history and even how Lighthouse started and it started small because Lighthouse started with um, nursing, nursing students and medical students as well as I think it's St. Andrew's School students. There's a St. Andrew's School around Kolibu there. Yeah, those were the first members of Lighthouse that you see Lighthouse great today, big. I mean, attendance is about a million people worldwide when you combine more services on a Sunday. Yeah, it's about a million people because some years ago it was about 500 and almost 600,000. And I know that Lighthouse has grown so much more in every branch. Amen. So it's about a million now. But it started small. And one of the things I want us to understand is that we must not despise small beginnings. Amen. Because the Bible says in Job 8 verse 7 that though your beginning be small, your latter end should greatly increase. Amen. Yeah. Anything that starts big, you must even be wary of it. Have you not noticed that most of the time it is those Sakawa boys that make it big immediately? Yeah. And have you not noticed that at the end of everything, they always go broke? Or they always face a certain punishment. Look at somebody like uh, Hash Puppy. I don't know if you guys know him. He's one of those Yahoo boys. He started very early in the game, in quotes. Do you understand? He has been arrested. Yeah. He was arrested in, in Dubai. And he was tried in another country, I think England or America, one of them. Yeah, in America. And he was found guilty. <laughs> yeah, because by all means, it will come back to you. All those Sakawa boys, Yahoo boys and things. Look, if the devil doesn't catch them immediately, the world will catch them before they even die. And a lot of them die. Very, very weird. Very, very weird deaths. Very, very horrible deaths. Do you understand? I'm sure some of you know about some of, some of those things. You see a boy, small boys in a Corolla. The car's going to get an accident. Their bodies are mangled and things. Yeah. Because if, look, because there's nothing that just starts out big. No. Do you understand? Even, even when God was creating the, the world, he started small. It took seven days. Do you understand? Of one day, these things should be created. Second day, these things should be created. Third day, these things should be created. So we cannot expect that as we have come and we are doing church, we will just sit thousand, boom, then we are, we are a big church. No. It will take a progression. Amen. It will take a lot of prayer. Jonathan, it will take a lot of work. Amen. It will take effort from everyone here. Jonathan, yes. It will take effort from every person who is here. Amen. But but we must have a mega church. It is a must. Amen. Amen. And I and I and I've taken us through certain reasons. Is the prophetic destiny of the church, you know, and and amongst other things. Jonathan. So I'm going to continue to take us through why we must have a mega church. Do you understand? 
Because see, sometimes, sometimes we have we have a bigger church because there's more work done in the church when we have a bigger church. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So I'm on number 15, isn't it? I've taken us to 14 points already. But why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I'm on number 15. If you are not there, then I don't know where you are. <laughs> it means that you are lost. You are about to go to the 15. Yeah. Frisk, are you there? You are listening on the podcast. Oh. Okay, so number 15. We must have a mega church because a mega church has a larger and greater income. The church also needs money. Amen. About two days ago, I was talking to someone from church who isn't here because their parents have not allowed them to be here. <laughs> it's not easy. And he was telling me about a, a, a special service that he had gone to. And then he was saying that the pastor was talking about money a lot. And it made him uncomfortable. And I explained to him that, look, money, you see, money is like, money is like, I don't want to use the example I use for him because it's a bit, it's a bit graphic. But money, money in itself is not bad. You see, a lot of people misconstrue the scripture. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. The Bible never said that money was evil. Do you understand? But you see, God also showed me something some time ago. God, you see, there's a scripture that says that you cannot serve God and serve mammon. Do you understand? That means that money also has a bad place. Do you understand? But you see, the thing about money is that it's how you respond or relate to money. Yes. That's what determines whether money is evil in your life. That's what determines whether money is evil or not. It's how you respond, how you relate with it. If you have told yourself that you must get money by all means, I am telling you that at that point, money has become the root of all your evil. Amen. Amen. And you will be led into different things in this life. Look, you, look, look, a girl who chases money or who is into like, like, it's like, I need money. Do you understand? I want a better life, that kind of thing. Look, you will end up sleeping with different people. Even if it's, it is in the name of boyfriend, girlfriend, you end up doing things that normally you would not do. You end up doing things that you've grown up with morality and you know you're not supposed to do. Amen. Yeah. A lot of boys will be doing sacrifices and it's something that is becoming rampant now. Recently, so many guys have been caught beheading small, small boys and things. Yeah, in different regions, not even in, in Accra. Different regions. Recently, I think about a month ago, I was reading the papers and I was reading about a certain popular guy in a, a town. I've forgotten. He had led a 15-year-old boy and decapitated him. Yeah, and the parents, the parents tried to investigate. When the parents went to the authorities, the authorities weren't doing anything about it. They said, oh, don't worry, the boy will come. He'll come soon. And at that time, the person would have escaped. Yeah. So the parents took matters into their own hands, not to do anything drastic, but they went there and they, they investigated because they went to the, the boy's last whereabouts. Asked around. Some people said, oh, they saw him with this popular guy going towards his house and all that. And they, they went there to talk to the guy. And from what the guy was saying, it made no sense. So they gathered up a few strong men, entered the place, and lo and behold, they found the boy's 
dead body from, from the neck going down, just the torso going down in a room and the boy's head was in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, he had decapitated the boy. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in the news lately. And all this is because of the root of evil, the, the love of money. Do you understand? Yeah. Because of almost everything can be perverse in this world if you don't know. Do you understand? Everything that God has created to be good in this world can be perverse. Amen. Yeah. Because that is what the devil is into. So when, when you get something good, just understand that the devil can turn it into something bad if you don't take care. Amen. Yeah. I remember there was something a time... Um, there was a time where, where Bishop Dad was, was preaching and he called a certain lady. He said, you, come. And he told her, he said, you like school too much. Yeah. I was very shocked because Bishop Dad is somebody who has always advised people to go to school. He said, you like school too much. And he started talking about it. He said, look, there's a time to do everything. He said, the time that you must sit down and marry, you are still going to school. Yeah. 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 And he told her, he said, he said, he said stop the schooling. Sit down and marry. Hey! You see, so it's not like school is bad, though. But it's how you are, you are relating with it. How you are responding to it. Because look, if you decide to go to school for the rest of your life, how are you going to get a semblance of living? Do you understand? Yeah. But if you are going to go to school all your life, it's a hard road. Because if you are going to go to school and work, it's a very hard road to follow. Amen. Yeah, at the point you have to give up one. Because the Bible is clear, you cannot serve two masters. Those things are very difficult to do for a long time. I've done it before. Throughout law school, I was working. It was not an easy thing. Yeah, I missed classes. Ask how. My last semester, I, I, must come, I must have come to about two or three classes. In total, two or three pay, that's it. <laughs> yeah, in total. I was not there for any class. I was tired. Because on the, on the weekdays, I'll be working. Sometimes, look, one of the times I even came to class, I left up in about an hour. <laughs> I think I remember that day, you were, you were coming, and I'd left before you even got to class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I had to go to a work emergency. So it's not an easy thing. Do you understand? And I'm trying to show you that you cannot serve two masters. Amen. Amen. So in as much as the church needs money, do you understand? To do certain things, we must not love money. The church must not be, be a, a money grabbing or money whatever based thing. No, at all. A lot of pastors are doing that. We know. We see them on TV sometimes. It's all about money. Selling water, holy water and things. That all those things are not biblical. Where in the Bible do you see that uh, holy water was being sold? <laughs> there was nothing like that in the Bible. Amen. Special, special sweaters special sweaters and things when they give you that handkerchief and then you wipe your face hey Charlie all your problems will go that sounds like witchcraft if anything do you understand yeah amen so we see we see that uh, a lot of pastors are commercializing the church amen but let's not lose focus on the fact that the church still needs money amen because it's not cheap to do things look even as we are renting this place it's not cheap Amen. Yeah. It's not a cheap thing. Amen. Money, money is, is important 
to do things. But it is not important to sell your soul. Do you understand? Or to lose yourself. Or to become immoral. Amen. You know, so we must have a mega church because in the mega church, there are more finances. There's a larger income. Because if we have 1,000 people that give one CD, that's 1,000 CDs. But if we have 10 people that give 5 CDs, we still have less. Do you understand? If we have 10 people that give 5 CDs, that's what, 50 CDs? And 5 CDs is considerably higher than 1 CD. Do you understand? But in numbers, there's greatness. Amen. Do you understand? So a larger church means that there's more that is given. Do you understand? Yeah. I shared with you guys that our first offering, our first year of offering, the whole year when we started this church, 99 cities. <laughs> yeah. And most of that 99 cities was my tithe. <laughs> yeah. Because I paid my tithe the whole year. And that added to the 99 cities. Coins. Coins and all kinds of things. Because at that time it was just in color and color. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And 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 God God was faithful. Now if I'm even paying my tithe, oh, just one tithe alone is, is, is enough to cover that whole year's expenses even. Do you understand? Because God has also blessed. Because when you are faithful with the with the little, God will give you the much. Amen. Yeah. Sometimes God needs you because when, when I counted the offering at the end of the year, I was very discouraged. I said, hey, 99 cities. Hey, who can we use 99 cities for? No, think about it. How can we use 99 cities to improve the church today? That 99 cities, if me and Kwebu go out right now, the money is finished. Yeah. And now the whole offering of the whole church for a year, Sunday after Sunday, how many Sundays? <laughs> and 99 cities, I was very discouraged. But I remember when I was praying, God encouraged me and told me that, look, everything starts small. Do you understand? Everything starts small. But don't worry, one day you will see. Right now, right now, right now, the church is not as 99 cities. No. The church is higher. It's, it's not that much anyway, but it's higher. Yeah. It's, it's much higher. And as we continue to pay our tithes and offerings, the church will be going higher. Yeah. We are believing God that will buy a land. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We are believing God to buy a land and build. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So let's pray so that God will continue to, to move. And let's also give. Amen. Amen. Number 16. We must have a mega church because special ministries which take care of special needs will develop. Special ministries that take care of special needs will develop. Unfortunately, our church right now cannot take care of any special needs people because we are still taking care of ourselves even. Amen. But I remember when I was in that house, Bishop used to announce all the time. You see, Bishop's wife, Auntie Mami, she used to do, she was in charge of uh, I forgot what they used to call them. They had a special name. They go out, they visit prisons, they visit the poor, they visit the sick. Sometimes they go, so like every month, they go on particular days, hospitals, feed everybody. Yeah. Or, and, they, and every month they used to gather cripples. I remember, Kanishi, they used to gather at Kanishi Sports Complex. They used to gather the cripples there and feed all of them. 
and give them enough for the next month. Yeah. Yeah. Special needs. Special needs. Because that is what the church is supposed to be into. The church is not supposed to be into. Hey, come on, bring your money here. I'll double your money. <laughs> That's not what the church does. The church is not into doubling money. No. The church is into saving people. Saving people. Because at the point that Jesus said, He said, He said, I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. Amen. Amen. The church, look, you see, we have a vision, but we cannot execute some of our visions until we have gone to a certain level. Do you understand? Like, I want to start crusades, but we don't have the finances. Do you understand? Where we can go from town to town and we mount stages, mass evangelism, bring the people, preach to them, lead them to Jesus. Not for the church to receive fame, but for the people to receive salvation. Amen. But can we do it with our number here? No. We cannot. Even if everybody brings 50 seeds, we cannot organize a crusade. <laughs> because it costs more than that. Yeah. It costs more than that. Amen. You know, so, so we must look. When we have a mega church, that's more people. Because a mega church is a church. That is more than 35 people. But we are looking for more than 100 people in this church. Amen. Amen. And we will definitely see 100 people, more than 100 people in Jesus' name. Amen. You dare watch. Because look, already when I think about the people who are not able to come, I know that we are, we are a lot more. And we have, we have at least about 15 people that have even gone to school recently. We have a lot of people. We can sit the 100 here easily. Amen. Amen. We, look, we are, we are not a small church by God's grace, we are a big church. Amen. That's why I'm preaching mega church for us to believe it by faith. Because the Bible says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, say unto this mountain, move and it will be moved. Amen. Amen. So special needs. <clears throat> like maybe one day I'll put Prisca in charge of prisons. She might be afraid, but it's like that. Look, are you aware that there are lots of people in prison who are not supposed to be there? There are a lot of people that are falsely imprisoned. Because a lot of them were ignorant of the law, ignorant of what is going on, or have no help whatsoever. Nobody, nobody was there to tell them that, don't say that it was you. Some of them were afraid, so they were coerced into admitting that it was them, and now they are stuck there. And because they have no connection, no power, no money whatsoever, they cannot save themselves. Yeah. Sometimes it takes the church to go and be visiting them, and the person will tell you their story. Then when we start praying for the person, you see that a miracle has happened. Because somehow, somehow, somebody has come to intervene. Yeah. Or maybe somebody in the church is a lawyer. Carl is a lawyer like this. We would hear the person's case. Carl would say, oh no, I'll take out this case. It's pro bono. But I'll take it out. Pro bono means like it's a free case. They are not paying for it. Yeah. He would take out the case. And he takes out the case and realizes that the whole case was a sham. Do you understand? And by God's grace, the person comes out. That is salvation. Amen. That is the special needs that the church has been sent to save people. Amen. Amen. But the church now, we are into money. How to develop your, your, your CV. How to develop a, 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 a money in seven days. How to become a business person. How to, how to bubble the money that you have right now. All those things are not necessary. God gives. Amen. amen. God blesses. God blesses. Amen. amen. 
And when God blesses, it comes as a result of us following God. You see, the Bible says in, in Matthew 6.33, it says that, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. All the things you are looking for, the cars, the, the money, the watches, whatever, it's all part of it. I remember at the, at the point, Bishop Dark used to talk about how he, because he became a pastor, at the point he felt that he would never sit on a plane again. Yeah. Because of how poor the church was when he started it. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if a first year, 99 cities, do you think that I, I ever thought that I would sit on a plane again? With which money? The whole year church's money is 99 cities. Even if I'm even going to chop the church's money, what can I do with 99 cities? I can't even buy anything. Yeah. Local flight, yeah, it's true. Local flight, even from here to Kumasika, I can't buy. And that's the shortest distance of flight in Ghana. Yeah, I, I fly to Kumasi all the time. I know how much it is. It's between 300 cities to 500 cities, depending on the time and, and the type of seats you have and all that. Yeah? Do you understand? Yeah. The church is not a money-making business. It's a people-saving business. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and we must start to work as a church to save more souls. Amen. 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 We must stop thinking about how to line our pockets with all kinds of things. Do you understand? Young people, God is calling you to a service. Amen. Look, I was, I was talking to one of our church members in Canada yesterday and I was telling her something. I told her that, look, the one thing that I, I, I want to achieve as I'm on this earth is to be able to get to heaven and be welcomed as a good and faithful servant. That's my number one goal on this earth. That when I land in heaven, God will welcome and say, Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. Yeah. And that's why I'm doing everything I'm doing to be able to get to that level. And I was telling her because I was, I was telling her that she must also have such a goal. Yeah. Yeah. She must also have such a goal. And she that goal, that goal entails winning souls. That goal entails praying every day, reading your Bible every day, going to church, working in church, helping out, saving souls. Do you understand? That is what that work entails. Amen. Amen. And we must do it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We must do it. Every week I want to be seeing newer people in church. Do you understand? Shepherds, you must not be coming to church without... Uh, uh, somebody. Yeah. Tima, when you're coming next week, you see, as I'm preaching mega church, your part in the mega church is to bring someone. Almost think about it. If every week somebody brings a new person, don't you think that the church will multiply? Yeah. Because we're about 12 ish looking here. So if, if, if each person here brings another person, that's 24. Do you understand? And if, if that new person also becomes serious and brings another new person, that, that, that becomes what? So it's now 24 times 2. It's not, it's not, it's not going to be 36 so No. It's not going to be another 12. It's going to be another 24. Because you'll still be bringing another new person. Amen. Do you understand? That's 48. The church should be big in no time. Amen. But it's because we are not doing our part. We come to church and we sit down comfortably and that's it. We think that, oh, don't worry, pastor is doing all the work. Pastor is bringing all the people. Pastor will bring the people. No, we must also bring the people. 
Do you understand? Because most of you are sitting here because of pastor. So then where is your, your people? Why are the people that are sitting here because of you? Amen. That is what it means to have a mega church. The whole church contributing to a mega church. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? So don't come to church and, 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 and come alone. Try and bring somebody. Amen. Yeah. Try and bring somebody. It's one of the things I really like about Iraq's church. The people in the church are so wild on inviting people. And our church is so dull on inviting people. It's like, it's like I have to force some of you to invite people, to bring people. Amen. Who, who here has been invited to Iraq's church? Just this week. Just this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In our church, People are people, in our church. People are inviting our church people today, but our church people are not inviting anybody to hear. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So please, let's work hard. Let's play our part in the mega church. Amen. Hey, I didn't give you guys scriptures. The first, the number fifteen, the scriptures, Acts four thirty-four to thirty-five. It says that neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made into every man according as he had need. Amen. Yeah, so that's for the larger income. Acts 4 34 and 35. Amen. And then the number 16, the scripture is Psalm 41, verse 1 and 2. It says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall, and he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou will not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. You see, the Bible is saying that when we even take care of the special needs people, there's a blessing to it. Not only the church is blessed, but the person is blessed. Amen. It says that blessed is he that considereth the poor. That means that the person who considers the poor is a blessed person. He said the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth. Look, who has been in trouble and you wanted salvation before? You just wanted somebody to save you somehow. You knew that telling the trouble there, it'll be easy. Yeah. Briska, you've never been in trouble. You've been in trouble. Yeah. Young man, you've never been in trouble. You've been in trouble, right? Yeah. The Bible is saying here that blessed is he that considereth the poor. It means that when you start to consider the poor, the Lord will deliver you in time of trouble. Amen. Yeah. In time of trouble. And the Lord will preserve you and keep you alive. And he shall bless you upon the earth. And he will not deliver you unto the will of your enemies. See people, a lot of people post my enemies are not God. They don't know that in their life, their enemies are God. Because a lot of them are under certain cases that allow their enemies to be God over their lives. They don't know. Yeah. They think that because they believe that their enemies are not God, it's worth Work like that. The world has certain principles as well. Do you understand? There are certain principles that also govern faith. I cannot use my faith to will Prisca to die. 
Yeah, I tell God that God, look, you said that if I have feet as small as a mustard seed, uh, 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 if I saw to a mountain, cry the mountain, I want Priska to die. She broke my heart. Priska die. <laughs> hey, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, you see, so you cannot use your faith to end somebody's life. It's not everything. Faith also has certain rules. Amen. Yeah. So that thing where it's like we believe that, oh, we are Christians, so nothing can touch us. Be there. You don't know that you are already being touched as you are every day. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's consider the poor. Amen. So that we'll be blessed. Let's consider the poor. So that we'll be blessed. Amen. Amen. Number what? 17. We must have a mega church because it shows that we have made foolproof of our ministry. Yes. Having a mega church, it shows that we have made foolproof of this ministry. Amen. It shows that this church is doing what it needs to do. Amen. Second Timothy 4 verse 5. It says that, but you keep your eye on what you are doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. How many of you can, can stand before God right now and say that you are doing a thorough job as his servant? It's a very difficult thing to say. It means that there's room for improvement. There's room to do more. You must do more. Amen. Yeah. You must do more. Amen. You have not come here for prosperity message. You have come here for kill yourself Jesus message. Amen. That's my message. Kill yourself for Jesus. Yeah. All my messages about how to serve God, how to, how, to, uh, 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 how to have quiet time, how to be closer to God, how to save souls, how to do what you need to do to save their souls. All of that, that's my messages. And I pray that in 10, 20 years time, my message does not change. Because this is the work. Because, because if I stand before God, I'll tell God that God, I preached your word. I didn't, I didn't tickle their ears with good words, with money, with fame, with power. But, but, but I spoke to them about your love. I spoke to them about seeking you. Amen. Amen. At the end of your life, let's say your life is to end today, can you stand before God and tell God that you did the work for him thoroughly? I don't think so. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I don't think so. You even be scared to stand before God because you know you have not really done much for him. Amen. Amen. That's why God has sent me today to come and talk to you and to tell you that you need to do more for God. You need to do more to make this church a mega church. Amen. You need to play your part in this mega church that we are building. Number 18. We must have a mega church because in a mega church there are more beloveds. Priska, say amen. Amen. There are more beloveds. Yeah, I remember the story that Bishop Dag always talks about when the church was still small. At that time, they were even in Polygono. They had a church building and things now. Big church building. And there was this nice granite selling lady. Please, I hope you are not putting my church. You're telling not to me. There was this nice granite selling. Hey, come and sit down. Why, well, you need to really come. Look, we'll take him to the bathroom. Suffer the young ones to be so. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. 
And then you are told to like, somebody has been in the middle of church before. Yeah, one of my children. Oh, she'll come. Yeah. She's grown now. She, she, I, that's, that's when we're in tent. We have tent church. We just walked in the middle. Looked at me, smiled, and then we read right in the middle of the church. I was preaching. Them. When she finished, I had to carry her. <laughs> yeah. Amen. It's part of church. Yeah, one day she'll be somebody's beloved. <laughs> Can you imagine? A small girl like that, one day she be somebody's beloved doing gymnastics, aerobics, and things on their bed. Hey! <laughs> Amen. So we must have a mega church because there will be more beloveds. Amen. And I was telling you guys that Bishop Dad was talking about a certain granot selling lady. Amen. And the lady left the church. Bishop used to buy, you know, granot and popcorn, those things. Bishop liked it a lot. His wife used to buy it for him all the time after church service when he's having meetings. He's munching on some popcorn and granite. And at a point, it stopped coming. So after like two, three weeks, he asked his wife, Where is the, the lady? And the wife said, Oh, she doesn't come to church anymore. How? So he looked for the lady. When he found her, the lady told Bishop Dad that her type is not in the church. So she has gone to another church. Where a type is. And Bishop, that was very sad, but he could not complain because it's the truth. The type of guy that she was looking for is not in the church because the church is not big enough. <laughs> yes, it's not a mega church. So it's not big enough. Amen. Can you imagine a 30 year old woman joins our church now? I'm the only person above 30. So if I'm not her type, her type is not in the church. <laughs> yes. It's a simple, it's a simple thing. And women do not like to marry younger. Amen. Amen. Her type is not in the church. Do you understand? Maybe Prisca likes bolet guys. Like those muscled, when they, they, the bolet can even tear their shit. Tima looks like she likes that type. <laughs> yeah. And the type is not in the church now. So now, now I have to struggle to control Tima. Tima, look, to stop chasing boys out of the church. Let me give you a nice gentleman in the church. Pastor, I don't like the boy. It's like her type is not in the church. Hey! It's not easy. So I do have a type. You don't have a type. Are you sure? So if I give you somebody you like. <laughs> Amen. You know, so Bishop was saying that at that point that he was preaching the message, the church had grown. To a larger type, and now people's types are in the church. People were marrying in the church, interchurch marrying, and all that. Amen. Yeah. Now the types were there, but before the types were not there. Some would look, some guys like Oboshi, do you know Oboshi? Big, big women. We don't have any big women in the church. So, say if somebody comes at that, and that's what he likes, see the way Beku is smiling. Beku looks like you like Oboshi. So imagine we don't, who is going in the church. There's no abortion. At the point in maybe some five years' time, Kweku, how old are you? You're 13. No, no, five years is Maybe some 10 years' time. I don't know why we will not have abortion in the church in 10 years' time. But I'm sure we would. But, but should in case we don't have abortion. Kweku said, I look, Pastor, I've been with you for more than 10 years now. I've not seen my type in the church. I think that it's time I go to another church. Yeah. Because in the mega church, there will be more beloveds and potential beloveds. 
you understand? Yeah. Priska will see the man of her dreams. When he comes to pass, she'll say, my God. When I saw him first, I had a feeling, and I knew where I had that feeling, and I knew that this man was the man for me. Hey! Amen. Amen. Acts 30, Acts 4, verse 33 and 34. It says that, For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of all the sales. So, so the Bible is saying that nobody was in need at that time. Money was abundant. People were abundant. Uh, 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 everything that was needed was abundant. Do you understand? Yes. And by God's grace, when we have a mega church, there will be an abundance of resources in the church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Number 19. You must have a mega church because in a mega church, more marriages and weddings take place. Don't do. When I say don't do, they say, Priska is happy. Priska and it looks like they want to marry. They get today, today, don't do. Hey! Yeah. And this message is not before its time. No. It's very timely. It's very timely. Marriage is a beautiful thing. Marriage is a very important thing. And, and there must be a lot of weddings in the church. I must start officiating weddings. I say, young lady, come here. Stand before the man. Say your vows. <laughs> Do you take him? Yes, pastor. Do you love him? Yes, pastor. Now, then I'll ask the guy. Do you love her? Yeah, pastor, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love her. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So there will be marriages in the church. You see, the concept of marriage is very important. Because you see, human beings were created to long after each other. Amen. Yeah. And even women were cursed to desire their husbands. Yeah. It's why women are always wanting to get married. It's a curse. Ultima, you didn't know that you were cursed. You didn't know uh, it's in Genesis. When you get them, go and read it. When they were cursing Eve. God cursed. He said, your, your desire shall be to your husband. You, you want husband, you need husband. Women. It's like it's ingraining in them to want husband. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's why that's why women are always trying to get married. I mean to know that the guys are running away for marriage and the women are running to the marriage. They want to marry. Yeah. A woman can remarry as many times as she wants. Most guys do not remarry. Yeah, one is enough. That one, that one in quotes, which that he went to marry, finish. Yeah. Look, let me give an example. John Wesley. John Wesley, hey, come and sit here. John Wesley, his wife died at the point. His wife was very busy. Do you understand? Yeah, she could come on TV, radio, and all that, and come and accuse him of sleeping with the uh, choristers, church members, and things. And it wasn't true. She, that's, that's just how she was. She married the wrong type of person. Yeah. When, when she died, because at the point, you see, when you read, you realize that at the point, uh, God said, it's enough, finish. <laughs> And then she, she died, and that's it. She died early, and then that's it. And John Wesley never remarried. Yeah. Yeah. John Wesley never remarried. And John Wesley is actually the starter of the Methodist Church. He started Methodist Church. Yeah. He was in, he's, he's a British guy from England. He used to do crusades. He used to, he used to do evangelism crusades. Big. He was a revivalist. He hardly stayed at home because of his wife. 
Then when he comes by, the wife will start accusing him, and eh? what have you gone to sleep with today? And eh? which of the wives this? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine such a wife for a pastor? So God said it's enough. When 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 the wife died, he never remarried. A lot of people thought that he will he, he marry his secretary. She was a very nice lady. She used to take care of him and things, but he never remarried because like he has learned his lesson. Yeah. But let me give you an example. Catherine Coleman, who I believe is probably the most anointed person in our time. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know her. She's very anointed. Yeah. Very, very anointed. Look, I think one of the services that I watched then, she, she got onto the stage and she took off her jacket. And she just said, Holy Spirit, please hold it for me. She just let the jacket in the air. The, the jacket hung in the, in the air, the whole service. That's power. Yeah. When she, when she lands on stage, the first few rules always fall down. Yeah, there was a time she was passing through the kitchen to get onto the stage. Everybody fell down in the kitchen. They didn't even, some of them didn't even know what was happening. Before they knew it, they were on the floor. So that's when they started to look around. Is there an earthquake or something? It's just Captain Coleman that was passing by. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Kuman married five times. <laughs> five different times. One of them was even somebody's husband that she went to steal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to show you that no matter how anointed you are, you see, as ladies, you always desire marriage. Yeah. I'm showing you practically. Just because this was a very anointed lady. When you get, when you get time, Tima, you must be following the lady. Don't be following uh, Shatawale and all these nonsense people. Yeah. Follow the correct people. But as I'm saying, uh, 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 as I'm mentioning her name, you don't even know her. You don't know Captain Kuman, even though I didn't mention her at camp. Okay. But if I say Shatawali or I say uh, uh, Ebony, Ebony that has even died long time, you know her. If I mention Jackie, when I mention Jackie, not then her song will even start playing your head. <laughs> yeah. But you must know the right people, amen. And what I'm just trying to say is that marriage is an important aspect of, of Christianity, amen. Because you see, when look, the concept of marriage came about because God saw Adam and He said, and God realized that no, it is not good for man to be alone, amen. Yeah, God said that it is not good for man to be alone. Do you understand? And when God realized that it wasn't good for man to be alone, He created Eve, and that's where the concept of marriage first came into the picture. Amen. So there will be more marriages in the mega church. Number 20. We must have a mega church because there are more contracts and connections. Galatians is the same. And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Amen. Let me use Tima as an example. Tima is working for my mom now, right? And it's a connection. Do you understand? And the thing is that my mom could have hired anybody. But my mom came to me and told me that, look, she's looking for somebody to do some work for her. I said, oh, I have people in my church. Do you understand? And I called Tima. When I called Tima, Tima said, look, Pastor, I can do it. <laughs> Straight. Do you understand? You see, when we have a big mega church, do you understand? Young man, what's your name? Kelvin. Kelvin, when we have a big mega church, you are still in school, right? You just completed. Like now, there will be somebody in the church who can connect you to a job. You can even be doing a side job until you go back to school. Do you understand? Yeah. That's the connection. A mega church offers such a thing. And that is why we must be a mega church. Because when we are a mega church, big things happen. Amen. 
Yeah, like how by God's grace, Tima has a job now. Do you understand? I don't want to say that I'm the connection or anything, but it is through me that she got the job. Do you understand? And that is that is that is what we are supposed to get as a church. Amen. Mm. So there, there are a lot of contracts and connections because when we become a bigger church, when we become a bigger church, we often our church members contracts. Yeah, contracts. I'll see somebody who is unemployed, and I'll tell the person that look, we build a lot of buildings in this church. Do you understand? Start a cement business. We'll buy from you. And you see that it will become big because we are already part of his, his people. Do you understand? Then you, you see, he'll get more fame because there are more people in the church, and there are more people in the church who also want to patronize this person because the church is patronizing the person. Then aside that, more people also hear about it because the church is also hearing about it. So in a mega church, more contract, more opportunities. Amen. Do you understand? More opportunities. More contracts. Amen. Yeah. There are people in the church who have been blessed with phones and other things since they've been in the church. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's a, it's a blessing. Amen. Ah, my pulpit is now coming. Yay. Don't laugh at my pulpit. This is the pulpit. I've been using this pulpit for a long time now. It even shakes. Uh-huh. Yeah. All the pulpit shakes now, you know that, yeah, it's mine. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. So I was saying that in a mega church, there's more connections. Hallelujah. There's more contracts. There's more help. Amen. Amen. Number 21. I think that's my last point for today. Number 21. Are you guys with me? Yes. If you're here, say amen. Amen. Wonderful. We must have a mega church because in a mega church there is always a large pool of employers who can help the church members. So you see, Kelvin, so you see what I was talking about? So in a mega church, there's a large pool of employers. Me like this, I'm an employer. I employ people in my workplace. Do you understand? Yeah. I, I decide who comes to work for my dad's company. Do you understand? So I am a capable employer. Do you understand? But you see, when we, when we have a mega church, I will not be the only employer in the church. There will be other employers. Amen. Somebody who has startups, somebody who has his own company, somebody who will be in a position to help. And you realize that now there are more jobs for church members. Amen. That's why we must have a mega church. It's part of the reason. It's opportunities for, 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 for church members and church people to experience the life that Jesus Christ died for them. Amen. I'm not against prosperity. I'm not. I normally don't preach it, but it doesn't mean that I'm against it. No. I'm very into prosperity because I myself am a prosperous person by God's grace. Amen. Amen. Yes. So how can I despise something that God has given me willingly? Yeah. And, and when you prosper, make sure that you help people with your prosperity. Do you understand? A lot of you here have helped you in one way or another. Do you understand? Yeah. Maybe it's helping 
with something, paying for something, whatever it is. Do you understand? Yeah. It's because by God's grace, I'm in that position. When we have a mega church, more people will be in that position to help. And you realize that there will be a lot of help in the church. Amen. Amen. As it's supposed to be. Amen. Let me read something. And um, I'm reading Acts 4, verse 32 and 34. So from verse 32 to 34. It says that, And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power the apostles were given witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And abundant grace was upon them all, for there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You see, the people who had their own houses and lands and things, they were not even possessing it, they were not saying that it's mine. They gave it all up for common use. Amen. 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 So let's 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 grow the mega church. Amen. Amen. Kelvin, I pray you come to church next week. And I pray that when you come, you bring somebody else. Do you understand? Because you have come to hear a message that is not about money. That is not about how you can uplift your life. Do you understand? Financially. But it's about how to become a correct Christian. How to be a good Christian. How to live a life for Christ. Amen. How to have a mega church. Do you understand? And a mega church that will lead to all these blessings that we have, that we have stated. Amen. Amen. So I pray that you, you come, you will not only come, but come with somebody else. Amen. Because that is your part to play in the mega church. And I pray that everybody will come with somebody else. Because that is also your part to play in the great mega church. Amen. Let us rise to our feet. Today I preached a very short message. Amen. Because of time and other things. Amen. I want us to pray. I want us to just spend about five minutes in prayer. Let's pray for God to help us to become a mega church, to grant us a strength, the wisdom, knowledge, understanding to be able to call more people to come to the church, to be church workers, to add up to the church. Amen. 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 I want us to just lift up our voices and pray right now. Father, a mega church in the name of Jesus, Lord. Cause us to be a mega church, Lord. Cause us to be a mega church, Lord. 
Cause us to be a mega church, Lord. Father, let us play our part in this mega church. Let us win souls. Let us bring people, Lord. Let us play our part, Jesus. May we not just be church warmers and seat warmers, but Father, may we be shepherds, Lord. May we bring the people to your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this short and wonderful time in your presence. Father, we ask for your goodness and your grace to abound in our lives. Father, bless us. Father, help us, guide us, grant us strength, zeal, wisdom to be able to be shepherds, to be able to be mega church planters, Lord. Mega church helpers, Father. May we overcome all obstacles and everything that is put before us. And may we stand in front of you. Builders of your church, Lord. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Now with all eyes closed, all heads bowed, I want to, I want to make a quick altar call. Hallelujah. Now, one of the earlier points of the mega church was to call salvation to reach every person. I want everybody to just close your eyes, focus on God right now. Salvation is accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Building a relationship with Him. Before you, you can even start saving people. You yourself must be saved. I want to offer someone an opportunity today to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you're not sure what will happen to you, where you go when you die. But you want to be sure today. You want to say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Jesus, I want to be sure that I'm going to heaven. Jesus, I want to be with you. I want you to just, with all eyes closed, all heads bowed, I want you to just lift up your hand. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to give, you, you want to, you want to give your all to Jesus. You want to be secured in this life. You want to say that you want to be sure with Jesus that you know where you are going. That if you are to die right now, you want to be sure of where you are going. You want to be sure of where God is taking you to. I want to just lift up your right hand and I want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. I want everyone to just pray after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you've done in my life. Please come into my heart. Change me, Jesus. Mold me, Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life. That when I die, I will be with you in heaven. Thank you, Father, for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. We've come to the end of our time together. Join us next time and thank you for listening. God bless you.